0: Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully, you are having a really fun filled Saturday. The temperatures have dropped some, and it's just such a pleasant time of year outside there, so if you're not having fun, why not? Get up there and have some fun here. So we've got a show here for you. We've got three guests. One is a best-selling author, one is a filmmaker, and the other one is a real Hollywood legend, an icon. I'll tell you more about that later on, but first, we have some auditions that you probably will be interested in, starting with, how many out there are fans of The TBS show, The Misery Index. This is 12, 13, 15. Okay, 20,000 of you are fans and then counting. Well, The Misery Index is looking for new contestants for their new scenes. And so you are in luck. So this is what you need to do. If you are a fan of the Misery Index, you know that show with those crazy guys, the Impractical Jokers themselves, the Tenderloins, and the lovely Jamila Janelle. If you are selected, you get to hang out with those crazy guys and the, the lovely one. Win $30,000. Hey. Come back to Vegas, put it in your favorite uh, gambling casinos. So you may can double or triple it. So, what you need to do is go to this website, bitly, B as in baby, B I T L Y dot com, the forward slash mark, the misery index show. That's bit.ly.com forward slash mark The Misery Index Show. And there you will find the application, fill it out. It's nothing difficult. It's not like the SAT or something. And just fill it out, send it in. And who knows, you might get a call to audition. I'm sure they're doing it by Zoom or however way they're doing it. So good luck. And uh, let us know if you get selected or not. Info at FilmFestivalRadio.com is us. Okay, this next um uh, this is an actual job. Uh, will and Jada Smith, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith, I should say, uh, they have their own studios, Westbrook Studios, and they are looking for readers for their film and television departments to provide script coverage. Yes, is that not cool? This includes reading and analyzing scripts, books, articles, graphic novels, and uh, what you will Part of what you will be doing is providing summaries with comments on the structure of the script, the characters, the dialogue, the theme, and just uh just overall. Finally, you will be deciding whether or not this script is something that Will Smith should get involved with. Yeah, your opinions count. Should he in- involve himself in this script? Yes or no? You will be part of the team to help decide that. Now, this sounds like a really easy gig if you love reading. No, it's not that simple. I mean, it might be easy, but it's, you need to have experience. All applicants must provide a script coverage sample to be considered. They prefer that you have a film degree and or professional script coverage experience for an actual production studio. So you need to have some experience with this. And this is a remote job and is part-time. So, that makes it even better. So, this is what you need to do. You need to go to their website. Their website is westbrookinc.com, the forward slash mark careers with an S. That's westbrookinc.com, forward slash mark careers. Scroll down the page and you will see in blue letters readers and you click on that it's written in blue actually that page has a lot of other jobs they're more technical type jobs that are available at will and Jada studio so you might qualify for one of those as well but this particular job it's uh, readers so go there do do your thing and see what happens you might get hired okay so we're going to be back with more of Film Festival Radio right after this with our first guest. Our guest coming up for this segment is a filmmaker. His name is Scott Marschutz, and he is the filmmaker for the upcoming documentary, Let Them Play. What is that about? Well, Let Them Play is um, somewhat uh, in alignment with the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And so this particular film follows These four high school disabled athletes, as they train and compete to hopefully become members of the U.S. Paralympic team, which will take uh, place in Tokyo next year. So, as I said, Let Them Play follows these uh, four student athletes, and it just kind of gives you uh, an inside view into the world of international Paralympic competition. It's a very inspiring motivational film, really feel good film. So I think you guys will enjoy it. I know that I did. It has, uh, you know, just kind of gives you so much hope and we need that so much these days. So why not have a feel good movie like this? And it's a, based on a real story because the actual athletes are a part of it. So Scott is, again, the filmmaker, and he's going to come on board right now to give us more insight into the making of the film Let Them Play. So let's bring up Scott uh, right now. Hello, it's Janice. Hey, Janice,
2: it's Scott Marshute. How are you doing?
0: Well, I am doing just well, Scott. So nice to chat with you this morning. And uh, looking for your call, obviously, and so here we are. Okay. (laughs) It kind of works out real well there. (laughs) Well, okay, Scott, um, your current film is Let Them Play. It's kind of like a command, let them play there. So it's a documentary, and uh, it uh, aligns with the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, and I won't say anything else. Just tell us about what is Let Them Play uh the storyline all about and how did you get involved with it?
2: Well, it was I was looking for a, a a documentary, a subject uh to 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 create, to produce, um going back um and I just hadn't found the right project. And then in 2016, a lot of things came together, a lot of things were happening, especially out in California, where the opportunities for para-athletes were uh, far few between. And um, once California got on board and started adopting rules for high school uh, disabled athletes, uh, we cast a wide net to see which of those athletes might be able to advance into, uh, into the Paralympics, into the sort of international Paralympic competition. And, um, you know, because um, all the athletes were, were minors at the time, we had to get buy-in from their parents and, um, and see who wanted to participate. And um, so we started to narrow that group down and to the four that we ended up uh, selecting. Um, but it's a character study, and it, it's a really interesting um, story about uh, the four of them and 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 what their journey is um, and their goals are uh, para athletic goals in terms of making U.S. Paralympic track and field team.
0: Okay, so all four of them are in the track and field category.
2: Yes, okay. um, there are two uh, two sprinters, one shot put thrower, and one uh, wheelchair racer.
0: Oh gosh, that's going to be so encouraging for people who uh, who are maybe disabled or have children who are. Um, have what's been the feedback from uh, that community of people?
2: Well, the, you know, the the whole Paralympic universe. Um, you know, especially out here in California and and some of the other Western states and actually across the country is very underserved. Um, When you look at um, areas like Canada and the UK that place a lot more uh, emphasis on um, para-athletics and uh, they promote support those para-athletes quite a bit more than the U.S. does. We thought, you know, we could be part of the movement here um, in the U.S. to try to really pump it up some more. And, and that was another idea behind the, the documentary. So everybody that we worked with was was very helpful um, and and uh, really wanted to, to be involved with this. And um, so that helped us, you know, to produce the film.
0: And so I know the goal uh, of these athletes, is like others, is to – Make it hopefully to the uh, make it onto the U.S. Paralympic team uh, for the Olympics, the U.S. Paralympic uh, team there. So, do you know what the status is? Has any of the four have they competed yet for that or, or what's that to get to the Tokyo Games next year? Well,
2: right, so that, that, that's a great question. Um, we we follow them right up until. Um, uh, the end of uh, 2019, and then you know, unfortunately, you know, we've we we had to shut everything down because of um, the coronavirus. Um, so the the Paralympic Games have been rescheduled now to August 2021 in Tokyo. Um, but to answer your question more directly, one of the athletes out of the four actually made um, the U.S. Parapan American team. Okay, I mean, there's three big competitions for these athletes, and, and one is the um, Junior World competition, the other one is the, the, the Parapan Games, uh, Parapan American Games, and the third is the, um, the World Team, okay? Um, so one of the athletes has a chance of, of making that World Team, hopefully, um, you know, for this next round coming up next year. Uh, which is very encouraging for, for the film and, and for the athletes who were involved in the film.
0: Oh, yeah, that will be a big boost for the film. Um, well, I understand that, uh, of course, because of the pandemic, the film will have a digital premiere. Has the date been set yet or, or what?
2: Right, so right now we just um, launched a dedicated site for the film, um, which is lethemplaydocumentary.com. Um, which is up right now, Um, and we're just um, doing some modifications to that that site, but uh, viewers can go over there right now um, and and watch the film. Um, We are currently uh, uh, in talks with a couple of distributors, but nothing has been inked yet. Um, So, um, you know, we'll probably self-distribute for a while uh, up until uh, some other things happen. Um but um you know I would say, you know, the end of this month uh people can go to that site and and be able to watch the film uh, you know, whenever they want to.
0: Oh, that's very helpful. Especially with everybody being home. So you know, we can only right. watch so much Netflix.
2: <laughs> right, right. And this is a total departure, you know. I mean um, I, I think this is very going to be very inspirational, very motivating for, um, you know, anybody, you know, parents that have disabled kids that want to play sports, that don't know how to get in into it. And it's kind of a, a guide for them. And it really shows the process of how all four of them got involved and what they went through and all the trials and tribulations. And, um, you know, so it, it's um, I think there's going to be a, a big
0: audience for it. I definitely believe so. So what was the reaction to all four of the young athletes uh, when they finally saw the finished product of the film?
2: That's a great question. Um, One of the the sprinters, Taylor Beecher, um, uh, was watching it, and she would text me like, periodically while she was watching it and going, oh, my God, I totally forgot that happened. Or, you know, she was getting very emotionally involved in it. And um, so it was great to see the reactions. I I got a lot of great reactions from the parents, um, who we worked with really closely, as I I told you earlier, that um, all the – all the kids were, were under 18 when we started, and so you, you see them progress through the end of high school into their college, into the college ranks, and and that kind of thing. So there's this big, you know, like three-and-a-half to four-year growth period for these kids, and it's amazing how how quickly they grow up and how smart they are and the things they do, and it's very, very inspiring.
0: And so I can only imagine that as you were putting the film together, you knew that you wanted to have some athletes uh, as a part of it, so what was the process of elimination so to speak as to how you decided to select these four
2: Well, again a great question um when we cast that wide net you know we were looking for interesting backstories we were looking for obviously you know athletes that we could work with um we wanted needed to get buy-in from the parents um you know and um you know originally i think we had probably we were looking at 8 or 10 maybe um, and for whatever reason, they dropped out, you know, through a process of elimination. A lot of times it was like, well, they weren't really, they didn't really have the motivation to uh, really excel in their sport or um, they just had other things going on. And, and the U.S. Paralympics wasn't, you know, really their goal um, and things like that. Um, so, but all four that, you know, that we selected had really, you know, interesting uh, backgrounds and and uh, very contrasting backgrounds, too. Um, you know, the three main ingredients um, for uh, not only a, a para-athlete but an able-bodied athlete is that you have to have um, family support, you have to have resources, and um, you have to have good coaching, um, you know, and some of these athletes had those ingredients and some of them didn't have, and you can tell um, as the the film um, progresses, um, you know who's got a better chance than the other, and and then there's un- unforeseen circumstances too that, that get in the way. So there's all kinds of things that can that knock an athlete out, you know, um, and so it's interesting to see that process too.
0: And so I know you said it took about four years to to do the, the whole film, is that right?
2: That's correct. Okay. We started, um, it was in development um, about a little after uh, July of 2016, and uh, we completed it this July, actually.
0: Okay. Fourth to the T almost. So, so have these, the, the athletes, uh, four years later, are they still uh, friends or have they gone their total separate ways or what?
2: well um one um I, I would say um two of the four are doing you know extremely well um Michael Sayo, who actually um you know he was the wheelchair racer in in the uh in the film, but his passion was really wheelchair basketball, so you know midpoint in the film he just decides to forget about wheelchair track racing and 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 gets completely involved in wheelchair basketball and ends up getting a scholarship to university of Arizona, um, and, uh, gets on the university of Arizona wheelchair basketball team. Um, and so that's one another sprinter, uh, Michelle cross, who was the only one to really excel, uh, in the first couple of years as we filmed her, um, is is going to uh, San Diego State University, and she's um, a member of um, SDSU Adaptive Athletics, which is a whole nother kind of sidebar to the film about how they were like the first university in California to um, create an adaptive athletics program. Um, So that was like a really interesting part. And and Michelle um, is, you know, going to be part, most likely part of the U.S. Paralympic team going to Tokyo. Um, How is a guarantee, obviously, but um, she certainly has the potential to make that group.
0: But as you said earlier, what an inspiration these kids are and, and have been uh, in their quest for the Paralympics and just in life, period. You just. Gosh, we need films, still film good films like this. We really
2: do, especially now. Absolutely, definitely. So, well, absolutely, and, and I, I think that you know the timing was good. Obviously, you know the uh, the connection to the you know the 30th anniversary of the uh, ADA legislation, and then we followed it an, uh, another really big film called Kirk Camp, which I'm not I'm sure if you're familiar with, but it was produced by the Obamas. And it's really kind of the history of uh, the disability revolution in the United States. Um, so, you know, bet- between all that, I think you know we're 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 we're, we're well timed. And um, again, it's a you know it it's a, a great story to for, for you know not only athletes but but anybody that that needs some inspiration and motivation. I it
0: guess. is. It is. Well, finally, uh, Scott, tell us what your next project or have you already started on it or or what
2: yes actually we've got a, a couple of things in development um we're um uh i i've taken um a, a magazine article that i i wrote um prior to starting let him play um that um deals with a uh, it, it's it, it's kind of i think it's going to probably fall into the horror genre at this point but it's um, a, a very interesting film, true story, about a, um, a, a gal that has a really bad case of ADHD that ends up getting um, addicted to methamphetamine and goes on a 10-year nightmare. And, but there's a happy ending to it. So um, that's the thing we're developing right now.
0: Oh, that's uh, one stretch. You go from a motivational film to kind of (laughs) that genre. That's a big stretch there, Kyle. (laughs) But But, uh,
2: like I say, it's all all in development. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with these things. I know. um, uh,
0: Well, give us the the website finally, uh, finally, one final time for Let Him Play so people can go see it.
2: So it's LetEmPlayDocumentary.com. It's L-E-T-E-M uh, Play, P-L-A-Y, Documentary.com.
0: Okay. okay. And they can just click on it and just start viewing.
2: Right. Um, um, I would say uh, within two, about two weeks from now. Okay. Um, so. They can go on right. They, they can go on it right now, but I'd have to give them a password um, because we're just doing some final changes to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I would say, let's say 21st. I would say by September 1st, you know, easily something like that. Okay. Um, I don't know how you want to broadcast that out, but it's up to you. Oh yeah,
0: we we'll just uh, the first week, first day of September. Uh, they can just go and you right. guys will be ready. And in the meantime, if they just want to be nosy and go look at the website, they can do that too and bookmark it and then go back and look at the film on the 1st of September. So we got it.
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, Scott, thank you so much for sharing some insight about your latest film. Let them play. And just congratulations to those four athletes. Um, I love those encouraging type stories like that. They they make you cry, but they also make you cheer as well. So thank you for bringing this story to life. As a viewer, we appreciate it.
2: Appreciate it, Janice. Thank you for having me on.
0: Okay. Thank you again. Bye-bye.
2: Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Okay. We are back Here with more of Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, here on a really cool and calm Saturday here. Hanging out with you guys, as always, what we do on Saturdays is kind of a part of our life nowadays here. And we love it so much. Thank you for allowing us to share a part of your Saturday with us. Okay, our first guest is a best-selling author. Yes, her name is Lorraine Massey. And I'll tell you about her book here in a minute, but her book is a godsend because with the pandemic and the lockdown and such, parents are having to do their children's hair. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And your own. I am doing my own hair. That's another whole story. We it's a horror story actually. But for those of you you parents out there and this this lady and her book is is for you. Check it out. Uh, The book is titled Curly Kids, the handbook, How to Care for Your Child's Glorious Hair by Lorraine Massey with Michelle Bender. Now, this book offers parents, especially, as I said, if you're in the lockdown here, uh, it's like an ultimate guide for keeping your your child's natural curly hair healthy and strong. and, And also, it encourages and helps kids celebrate their own unique hair. Yes, and we need a lot of that this day and time. Uh, this book, short title, Curly Kids, is packed with a lot of unique and really cool hair care methods. Uh, there are just some nice chapters in there that just give you some, that gives you some tips and suggestions of how to deal with kids who have thick, curly hair. Maybe you call it unruly, but it's still a beautiful, I think hair is just beautiful, no matter what condition, no matter what jump it's short or long or whatever. I just like nice hair there, but anyway, this is Lorraine Massey's third book uh it follows her top bestseller book called Curly Girl: The Handbook. And her other book, Silver Hair, a Handbook, also with Michelle Bender. And these books have uh, become international uh, bestsellers because they've just given uh, the people with curly hair uh, a lot of hope and a lot of ideas about how to handle those locks and manes and curls and such. So without any further delay, let me give you – oh, before we bring – Lorraine, on. By the way, I spoke to Lorraine earlier this morning because she's her schedule. She's a busy lady here, so we we recorded this earlier this morning. But um, she is now an expert, an international expert. Not only is she a best-selling author, but she has a very popular hair salon, and she's also the the founder of Curly World, which is a line of hair care products. And you can get more information about Lorraine, her books, and her Curly World. Products go to curlyworld.com. That's C U R L Y world.com. So let's bring uh, Lorraine on to give us more details and more tips and handy guides and such to her current book, Curly Kids, the Handbook How to Care for Your Child's Glorious Hair. So let's bring Miss Lorraine on right now. Okay. Well, good morning, Lorraine. Good morning. What a nice opportunity this is. Yeah, it's really nice to chat with you this morning. And uh, I know we've got to get right to it. Well, you have, uh, I should say congratulations, you have a new book, Curly Kids, the handbook, How to Care for Your Child's Glorious Hair. And oh my God, do moms ever need this information, especially with this quarantine? So um, Yes. Gosh, timely, timely. So what kind of advice and what kind of questions are moms asking you uh, during this quarantine about how to care for those locks of curly curls?
3: Well, a lot of, uh, most of the questions are usually about the accumulation of uh, knots during the course of the week, you know, because, you know, they're busy, you know, they're out and about, they're running around, they're in the pool. And it's usually more when they do go to cleanse their hair is is the knot, the accumulation of knots. Um, So I've got some ideas in the book and some suggestions that, you know, each day you isolate the knot, put some conditioner on it, and work it through so it doesn't accumulate by the time that you're ready to cleanse.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I have a lot of of thick hair myself, and that's exactly how my mom did it. You just you know, you're the expert, you're just what you just said and so, and I and then that works, even if you're an adult it still works, it still works
3: absolutely, so they don't get out of hand mm-hmm. so you, it's almost like a dress, you know you wear a dress, you have a beautiful dress and you spill something down it, you won't take your whole dress off mm-hmm. because you've got this one little spot, so if you can start to see your hair um, it's almost like a, a dress so each curl on your head has its own separate root system. You know, one curl on one side of your hair could be looser and the other side tighter. So, why not address them that way too? So, you know, if there's a part of your hair that's a bit fractured and the hair's frayed, why not just wet that one area down mm-hmm. and add a little conditioner and rework it and refresh it? So, you're not always putting your hair through the wash cycle because the wash cycle can also create more and more knots the more you brush it, the more you fuse it, those fuse tangles, almost like Velcro. So it's really just, um, you know, that's really the most asked question. It's usually not. The not. So I have like a little section called
0: the whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It's so cute. <laughs> the whole book is very informative, but yet it's still very reader friendly. It's colorful. Uh, the illustrations yes. are very well done. Yeah. Um, so a lot of children go through, as you note, um, the "I hate my curls" phase. And so, yes. what is one of the ways that you can approach that as a parent?
3: Well, again, it's always about your environment. You know, a lot of the a lot of the time, it can be the people closest to us that can hurt us, our feelings about ourselves, and self-esteem. But to really be, just to reinforce always a positive attitude, like, oh, why does Sarah have straight hair, you know, and I want my hair like hers? Well, you know, that's, that's Sarah's hair, but look at this girl over there, like, always kind of pointing out, like, um, a curly girl, you know, maybe in a, in a book or, you know, out on the street, you know, just always reinforcing um, a positive and, wow look at this pretty curl, you know when you're cleansing, you're you're teaching them how to look after it and if you see an extra uh, loopy curl that spirals together, you can point it out and say, "Oh, you know, look at this oh, you know, always always reinforcing a positive attitude, no matter what you know, because our curls are a part of us, yeah. you know uh, they're not apart from us so um and if you start from a young age, I mean I'm projecting a little bit I, this is what I wanted this is what I was craving that somebody would understand my hair at a young age you know? <laughs> so I think
0: it's more of a projection <laughs> <laughs> well now are you finding that in today's society are you finding that you're also having a lot of dads contact you and they want information because dads are doing their little girls and of course and little yes. boy's hair so what's that been like?
3: That, you know that's amazing too because today, you know, I've been talking to quite a lot of gentlemen, and the ones that I've been talking to to, have all, they all are talked when they were younger, and they were talking about the same disdain that we we as curly girls have too. But they usually, you know, men tend to suffer in vain, but um, quietly should I say? And the thing is, with all the dads that came to the photo shoot, they were the ones. Um, that were in the shower with their little ones, you know, uh, cleansing their hair, they were so uh, open to these new ideas, you know, oh, don't over scrub the scalp, Uh, don't over scrub the hair because you'll create more knots, Um, they were just so happy to have these like little lessons, and then they said, well, I'm going to apply it to my own hair too, you know, so it's really just this beautiful domino effect of, you're helping your little one, and then because you're helping your little one, you might like, oh, but Why can't I do it to my own hair as well? But uh, yeah, dads are very, very, very involved these days. Um, Guardians, you know, uh, a lot of adoption agencies have been uh, picking up the book as well, just to pass on to um, children from different countries with curly hair so parents can understand the hair better. It's it's really
0: um great. It's that's
3: really
0: great, great to start helping young That is. That you have. It really is. Well, my final question here, uh, one of the other uh elements about your book, uh you have a lot of do it yourself hair care recipes, which I love yes. that kind of stuff. So, uh what are one or two things that a, an adult should look for when buying hair care products, especially for kids? What should they look for?
3: Yeah, well, basically, you know, a lot of what I usually say is not what you're gonna do, because it's what you're not going to do is what makes the difference in this story in the curls. Um, like over brushing will fuse the curls, mix them even nuttier. Um, if you use, they've got to really look for hidden silicones in the product because what they do, they 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 work for the first couple of times and then they start to build up on the hair and then the hair starts to get drier, more damaged. Uh, So it's usually the silicone-laden products and sulfates with lots and lots of bottles you've got to watch for when you are looking for products um, because the sulfates will dry out curly hair even more, makes it even more brittle and then the cycle just begins. So always look for silicone and sulfates with water-soluble products want water soluble because then they're better for the environment too as well as the hair. Um when you detangle, detangle when the hair is really wet, um, and try to teach your little one as you're cleansing their hair on what they should be looking for when they get ready to get in the shower on their own. So it's um always again a very positive uh, approach to the hair because they will be doing their own hair eventually.
0: That's so true, and it's good for them to grow up as they get older and preteen, teens, and such. They'll just grow up knowing how to properly take care of their kind of hair, and that's very cool. Yes,
3: yeah. I love it. And it's, it's habits. It's really mm-hmm. about
0: habits and breaking some of the habits that what we've been given at a young age. Yes, yes. Well, again, uh, this is your third book, Curly Kids Here, and so yeah. I say congratulations. It looks like you're on the road to yet another bestseller, uh, which is informative as oh. well as funny. Yeah. So yeah. I just thank you so much for the chat and for uh, providing this information. And I know parents <laughs> around the world are going, thank God, Lorraine's got a book to help us. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's yes, good. Yes, I know. I wish I had this book, too. <laughs> yeah, I have the same here. But I can still use it. I'm still looking at some. I've got some highlights and pages for myself for you, from you, I should say. But, yes. Um, yes. but again, thank you yes, so you much. Um, okay.
3: Thank you so much for
0: having me on your show. Okay. Well, take care, and hopefully we'll chat on your next book, because I know you're going to have another one waiting for us next year.
3: <laughs> you're right. I do. Okay.
0: <laughs> Bye. So, bye-bye.
3: Thank you.
0: Hey, we are back with more of uh, film festival radio show here. We're just rolling right along, cranking these guests out as we go along here. And that music, who does not recognize the theme song to Sanford and Son? Oh, my God, we all grew up loving Fred Sanford. And, of course, uh, Red Fox uh, lived here, right here in Vegas for many, many years. And this music, this theme song brings us to our next guest here. We went to our vaults. We have hundreds of interviews in our vaults of where I've talked to so many famous people over the last many years here, and we found a real doozy of an interview, and this interview was done back in October of 2016, shortly before the last presidential election. I had a chance to chat with the one and only, the great icon and television legend himself, Norman Lear. Oh my goodness! Writer, creator, producer. Uh, the the shows, the shows we all love: Good Times, Sanford and Son, The Jeffersons, All in the Family. The list just goes on and on and on. So uh, four years ago, the American Masters hit series show on PBS aired this. Oh. This such a good documentary uh, about the life and career of Norman Lear. And again, I had a chance to talk with him and called him right there at his home. Yeah, while he was drinking coffee. It was really cool. And he had a lot a lot to say about the documentary, about his career, the making of some of the, the shows that he was responsible for, and he also had some rather interesting and somewhat memorable things to say about uh, his opinion about then-presidential candidate Donald Trump, and yeah, it's kind of memorable, so let's go back in time to 2016 to uh, check in on my chat with the great Norman Lear. So, let's take a listen. Uh, a documentary film, Norman Lear, Just Another Version of You, will be airing on the PBS award-winning series, American Masters. As we all know, we love American Masters. You know, they put out great, great shows. But this is a documentary about the amazing life thus far of Norman Lear as an agent. of a kid of 94. He probably is just you know, just, just warming up. Who knows what he will do at age 100. He might do, you know, uh, another epic or something. But anyway, this uh, documentary, Norman Lear, just another version of you, will be airing from 9 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on PBS. So check your local listings. On, I mean, just for October alone, uh, America divided, and uh, one of the producers of that, and now Norman Lear, just another version of you. So, how did all of this come about for this documentary? Did they approach you, or you approach them, or what? Uh,
1: American Nasa has for years asked if I would do it with, and, and individual producers on their behalf. Uh, I was never of a mind, and I was not interested necessarily <clears throat> in the people that approached me. But I had seen Jesus Camp some years ago and a couple of others of the uh, documentaries made by Rachel Grady and Heidi Ewing, and I was knocked out when, when they came to ask if they, could, if they could do it. And the understanding was that they would do it, I would have nothing to do with it, but the interviews when they uh, when they asked me, and that's the way it went. They made their film, and I, uh,
0: it was as good a decision as I've ever made, because <laughs> I love their work. Are you, you are. I've seen, yes, I've seen clips of it, and I've seen it, and it's just, it brings back a lot of memories as a, as a child, uh, looking at some of the clips of some of the wonderful sitcoms that you created, but also to look at a lot of the, uh, you know, your, your beginnings of how you started out uh, in this whole crazy business, which was very interesting for me to see. And and I, I wanted to ask you, uh, I mean, you were just this young lad from Connecticut, my young Jewish boy, humble beginnings. Was entertainment show business, was that something that you originally wanted to do or did it just kind of fall into
1: your life? No, it just it, it, it happened. I was, a, uh, I was a kid of a depression. Everybody was belly up, broke. And uh, I have one uncle who used to flick me a quarter. And he said uh, that he was a press agent. I had no idea what a press agent was. But I wanted to be Uncle Jack. I just want—I wanted to be an, a, an Uncle Lucas recorder to an F. And that was my role model. So I wanted to be a press agent long before I knew what that was. And that, indeed, is what I came out to California to do and bumped into a guy who wanted to be a comedy writer. So that's wow. how it began.
0: And hey, so this your Uncle Jack. Um... Did he get, ever get a chance to see some of your success? No. He passed on
1: oh. before that happened. He was oh. okay. around uh, Martin Lewis at the very beginning,
3: but not the latter Oh, I see. Okay. Well,
0: you have produced and, and written some of the most successful sitcoms in, in television history there. So many of us enjoyed grew up watching them and laughing and learning from them. Um, but initially, was was it a risk for you and your team to launch a show like All in the Family, or what? No, it wasn't a
1: risk. I was broke. I had two kids. Uh, <laughs> I needed to make a living. Uh, it needed to work. That was my risk. I did. I didn't think of it, it was just I, I did the establishment, the network thought of it, it as so daring and so, uh, you know, it, it, this, the kind of subject matter. From my standpoint, we were dealing with the subject matter that was, uh, of the, of the neighborhood. You know, there was a family living across the street or up the street or down the street or our the family going through the things we were writing about. There was nothing. All of that, uh, you know, just that that the establishment never dared to talk
0: about real life. Oh, I can only imagine the, the pitch meeting at the at CBS at the executive table. So was was that did it ever get kind of heated or fiery or what during the pitch for the show? Well, no, it never got heated because I mean,
1: there was something to get angry about people just disagree, but uh, but. The kind of things they did <laughs> they thought was, uh, you know, it uh, couldn't go on television into the American home. I thought it was silly. this just plain silly. You can't deal with uh, anaphylaxis, it's, 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 it's everywhere. You can't deal.
0: that's it. The great Norman Lear, who is still uh, with us, he is now 98 years young. And at that time, of course, he was 94. And he's still wearing his world famous hat, but he often is seen photographed wearing, it? like a little fishing hat. Is that the right style? The name? I don't know, but he's famous for his hat. And um, got to check up to see what's He's going to do next. But some of our uh, celebrities are just in their later years and they're still cranking out just amazing products as far as film and television and music. Look at Tony Bennett not too long ago released a new album. Uh, Cicely Tyson is still doing network uh, shows. Betty White is just uh, finished doing a, a Christmas film for the holidays. Uh, Clint Eastwood is still directing hit movies. Mil, uh, Mil, uh, what's his name? Mel Brooks. Yes, Blazing Saddles. Mel Brooks is still here. And I don't know, but I'm sure he's working on something. So yeah, it's good to, all of these men and women are just such great role models uh, for us as far as taking care of yourself, doing what you love. And it gives us a lot of hope there. Okay, before we sign off, Want to tell you about one more audition? I think we have time to do. If you are a fan of WWE and who isn't, now this is I don't have the name, but a major WWE superstar is looking for the most competitive and funny, hilarious sports super fans. That's what it says, they're looking for sports. Super fans. It doesn't necessarily mean it's just wrestling, though. Not just wrestling only. It's sports, period. Super fans. Looking across the nation. And this is for a brand new television series. So if you are high energy, you're funny, and you're ready for some adventure, you need to try out for this one. They want to hear from you. So even if you have a fun sidekick, maybe it's a family member, a buddy, uh, your significant other. And if you want them to come along with you for this, yeah, bring bring them on, bring them on. Producers want to hear from you, and this is what you need to do. Go to this website. It's sports dot castingcrane dot com. That's sports. S P O R T S then S H O W casting dot castingcrane dot com sports with an S show casting dot casting c r a n e dot com there's an application there you fill it out and just follow the directions on it that's all you gotta do so again if you love sports you're a super sports fan WWD WWE that's a mouthful WWE superstar one of their major names will be hosting this new competitive and funny television show it sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun and they want people with high energy now you got to be funny got a lot love- a lot of energy, a lot of energy there. Yeah, drink your uh, Gatorade and all that kind of stuff. And try out for it. Go to that website. Try out for it. You might get selected. You and your friend, you and your significant other or whomever. So make sure that you contact us if you don't have time to write these email addresses and links down. You can just email us, info at com and we will forward you the links like we always do. Okay, we are so out of time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Film Festival Radio Show, as you always do. And we so appreciate you. Yes, we do. And, of course, we want to thank all of our guests. We had so many guests, I don't have time to uh, name them all. But, anyway, you know who who was on because you heard us. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next Saturday. Another show, another show. We've got so many, oh god, we got so many guests coming up for the rest of the year. So, we'll see you next Saturday. Have a great rest of the weekend and stay safe, stay healthy and we'll all watch some more sports. Okay, see you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host Janice Malone be sure to download this and other episodes at film more.
3: okay
2: round two name something that's not boring.